the future of photography. Hey Chris, Hello. welcome back. <laughs> yeah, what people might not know is that the last few episodes were pre-recorded because I took the liberty to take some time off. Yes, and 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 uh, uh, not just time off, but adventures as well. Oh, it was yeah. I was in New Zealand, which was just like, very different from here. I love it. Um, like I understand now that people actually want to give up their life and live there, which I'm not going to do now yet. But <laughs> it's, it's an amazing place. <laughs> it's a wonderful place. Landscapes are amazing. The 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 fauna is uh, just blows you away how the, the big trees they have the the all the features i mean the, the if you've seen the lord of the rings or the hobbit that they 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 have not made that up it is real it is it is the, those landscapes are well, real the hobbits are, hobbits are real are they that, that's a well, great the hobbits, way to open a show <laughs> you know we we were we actually visited we didn't do a lot of the the tourist stuff but we we visited hobbiton which is the filming set of uh, the Hobbit, where the Hobbits live, with the little round doors and stuff. Um, do, do, do they in their souvenir shop? Do they sell of slippers course, that are of, Hobbit feet? Of course, and and elf <laughs> ears and stuff. You get all that stuff there. <laughs> and that was one of the most touristy things we did. But still, they preserved the film set and made this into a place that you can visit. And it, I mean, they they didn't even have to clone out like like power lines and things. It's just the way. It is. It's just amazing to stand there and, and see that. It's just the outside set, though, because the, everything that was inside was filmed in, in the studio. So you can't really open the door and go into Bilbo Baggins' uh, house. That doesn't right. work. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's always ama- amazes me when we ever do that. The, but those think, landscapes, uh, the trees, it, the trees are so huge um, that it's really hard to show them on a photo. Um, the they have okay one 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 fun fact if you know the sequoia trees the, the big trees that uh, they have up in california uh, yeah they are i've been there that they are enormous those are enormous and um they have those trees in new zealand as well and in oh, new right, zealand okay. these trees grow so much faster that while while they are hardwood in in california they are classified as softwood in new zealand because they grow so fast, they can't put on enough structure in that time. Oh, the right. stuff grows okay. so fast there. It is that's wild. interesting. So, the, do they still have the the fireproof bark, even though they grow so quickly? Because oh, in, in I, I didn't, I didn't, tr- re- I didn't try to light one on fire. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Sorry, no, just, just for 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 the avoidance of doubt, right? I have never tried to set fire to a sequoia. Okay, but Ooh. one of the reasons they grow in California, one of the reasons reasons they they grow so big is that they have a very soft bark that acts as an insulator. So when forest fires come, they often survive. Yep, yep. I haven't tried in New Zealand. Um, New Zealand is relatively wet. Um, okay. That's one of the reasons it's so green. We also had, like, I mean, we were there pretty much in January and early February, so uh, mid-summer there. So it was hot and there was some danger for fires. But in general, it's a very green country, so there's there's plenty of water there. 
So did you manage to get something of an understandable scale into a photograph of a tree then just to, to, so that you could see how big they were? Well, the best way it worked is by including a person in front of the tree. So you have, you have ah, good something so to it's, relate it's an it old to. trick, but they work really It, it works, works really well. well yes, yes, yeah. yes, it does. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing a picture of a tree then. <laughs> An I'll, enormous I'll, tree. I'll do my best to post one for you. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, there we go. So, so yeah, great great to have you back. Uh, great to catch up. Uh, I've got a couple of things I'd like to talk about this week. Um, the first of which is passport photos. Hey, so that I is travel-related. Tra- How it is travel-related. <laughs> it is travel-related, although, of course, it's also... Um, it's also untravel related because without a passport you can't travel. <laughs> Very true. Yep. So actually, as of today, to, as we sit in here and record this, I should be staggering off an overnight flight back from Canada. Um, but I wasn't able to go, which was a good thing actually because I didn't really want to go anyway. <laughs> Not this time around. Uh, for it was a business trip, so yeah, I wasn't look, I wasn't wanting to go. Um, and uh, but I couldn't because my passport was close to running out. Um, and then, of course, yeah, you know, this and, and this isn't going to be a, a, a whinge about, oh, my passport photo makes me look way more than 10 years older than my old one did. <laughs> Although, obviously, it does. <laughs> British passports last for 10 years. So so I look quite young on my passport, on my, the, the one I've just got rid of. And, the, and I look, uh, yeah, it's slightly aged on the new one. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk about passport photos, and and actually, this is going to be a compare and contrast. So, you know, uh, not just with how UK stuff was done ten years ago, but I'd be interested to to know how you guys do it in Germany as well, mm-hmm. um, because I've just had a really, really good experience renewing okay. my passport. Um, and you know, last time I did this. You know, digital services for for the UK government. There weren't very many of them. It was a decade ago, um, and so we were still on the old process where you would go to either a post office or go and sit in a photo booth, uh, and you would have your photo taken, uh, and uh, you know then uh, developed, and it would come slightly damp out of the machine. Oh, um, I remember those. Yeah, uh, and you'd have to wave it around in the air for a bit and not smudge it. Um, and uh, and then assume you had it right, you could cut them up and you could send a couple off. Oh no, sorry, it, uh, you had to get somebody to sign them first to prove oh, it was you. Okay. Um, uh, and it has to be a professional, so it could be it could be a policeman or it could be a doctor or somebody like that. It has to be somebody who has a recognised professional qualification. Uh, and then you package it all up, send off with all the forms that you'd filled in by hand and send it all off. And a few weeks later, you get a passport. It wasn't hard, but it wasn't slick either. Um, comparing that to today, I've just got a new passport in four days. And one of those days was a Sunday. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Um, so I, uh, so what happened, right, is that there is now in the UK a government digital service um, uh, for, actually, we have quite a lot now, um, uh, but there's one now for renewing passports. And you answer a few questions. And in my case, uh, I, since I last got a passport, I haven't actually moved house. Um, I haven't changed my name or, or, or anything like that. Um, and so actually, I, I was fairly straight through processing. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, um, challenging the edge cases of the process. But, uh, you know, uh, all I had to do was get a, a digital photograph taken in my house uh, and then upload it to the website, fill in a few questions, and uh, that was it. 
That was my passport application made. I got consistent text messages, sometimes two or three a day from the passport service. And four days later, my new passport arrived Interesting. in my house. That How is... cool is that? <laughs> okay, so it's a bit different here. First of all, in Germany, they have now something that's called a biometric passport, a passport photo. You have yeah, yeah. to have it in a special format. It has to have the exact right size. But you also have to... There's like areas in the photo where your eyes are supposed to be and your nose is supposed to be and you're not supposed to smile and... Like they want kind of a neutral, unified yeah. photo. So, um, and you can do this at home. Um, uh, my- uh, yes. Well, I can. I can not smile anywhere. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> so, in fact, I'm, some people would say I'm quite well known for not smiling. But <laughs> okay. Um, and and I, um, oh, they, they might have changed the process, but my my passport is now. Uh, I'm four years old and it is another five years valid. So I'm kind of in the middle right now. Right. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, it'll, it'll be, um, maybe a surprise when I get my next passport in a few years. <laughs> so what you described as, as the photograph process actually still is exactly like that in the UK. And if you go to a photo booth in a post office or a railway station or whatever, right. um, there are now guidelines on the screen in front of you for making sure your face is in the right place. And of course, it, it, there's no mini lab inside these things anymore. Everything's digitally taken and printed. So uh, what happened in the UK, because I went and did this as well before I realized I didn't need to, uh, is that you get two or three goes at having the photo and you can choose which one you want to print and it's digitally printed and so you know uh, and they're all very quick um so it's uh it's a lot easier for that but uh but yes you have to have your eyes in the right place and you have to ha- yeah have the right um expression on your face and things like that um but with the and it is the same is true if you provide just a digital photo that you've taken except that there's automatic post-processing built into the government website. What? <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, okay, they're, they're not, they're, yeah, they're, they're, this is not putting, you know, rabbit ears on me or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little pig snout. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wink. Um, but but you you can put in um, it, it, and and there are still guidelines like you can't have you know stripy wallpaper in the background and you can't have shadows yeah, you know, and stuff here. like that. But but um, you can uh, it will auto crop it for you. Uh, really? Um, yeah, and it showed wow. me it on the web on on the web page. It sh- so I, I uploaded a photo that had you know um, plenty of room around my head and shoulders. You know almost you know, uh, almost sort of down to waist level. Um, uh, and I uploaded that as a photo and then it immediately, it auto cropped it, um, which just took a few seconds and it showed me back exact something with exactly the right proportions that, you know, mm-hmm. as you were describing about how you've had to do it. That is, that is, uh, that makes it easy for, for us here. Um, and, and Monica and I, we travel quite a lot and then we might need a visa here or there and. Um, it's it, you, the process used to be, you go to a place and have your passport photo taken and uh now of course we make those at home so we we find a, a white wall as a backdrop um usually the light is sufficient and take the photo just ourselves um yeah and then, the light and then crop tricky, it actually. yeah and then crop <laughs> it to the right dimensions uh because some countries want want it uh, at a different size so 
that's uh, that's what we have been doing for a while. But we, right, we had okay. to crop it. And uh, I, th- I think last time, I think Monica needed a visa for China, and it was it was kind of like a weird format, and that was all paper. That was all a paper based process. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now this so light, lighting actually was the trickiest thing because I didn't have any plain walls anywhere near any windows well i did but not, not that they were all cluttered with other stuff so uh the the place where, where we took this photograph in, in our house was actually fairly dark and then of course when you try and add light you get shadows bouncing everywhere mm-hmm. in the end all i did was have a, a an led light pretty much bouncing off the ceiling to just increase the ambient you know um and so sure. so actually the lighting bit was the hardest the, the whole <laughs> What a photography podcast this is. The hardest point of the hardest thing about applying for a new passport was lighting the photo. <laughs> well, you wanted as diffuse as possible, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, no it would get rejected. Stuff, yeah. Although, yeah, otherwise, it would get rejected. But um, uh, yeah. So anyway, I I just you know. Uh, you know, I, you know, we, we ask, don't we? You know, what what does this mean for the future of photography? And I, you know, and I'm asking, you know, somewhat, uh, somewhat flippantly, uh, what does this mean for the future of booth photography? <laughs> but I think for people use photography booths for more than just passport photos. But I, I think yeah. there must be a bit of a resurgence of photo booths. Actually, I've seen more in the last few years. Yeah, they, 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 they're also quite a lot of pop-up booths, aren't they, at weddings and parties mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Now that now that you can get really quick and really good quality digital printers that will print reasonably small, you know, a six-by-four print, um, they're, they're quite popular. At least they are in this country anyway. And quite often, you know, you know, people will rent them out for an evening for parties, wedding receptions, that kind of thing. Often they come with uh, or, or, or company Christmas parties. That's another one I've seen them at. Mm-hmm. Of, often with a selection of silly hats and moustaches and <laughs> and, a, and a very wide angle lens so you have uh, funny proportions in your face yes yes that, that was interesting actually when i did the photo booth the photo i looked at it and i thought i looked at my image in the photo booth and thought Do you know what that's not as distorted as i expected to be but then oh. in the but then when the prints came out they were quite distorted because of course I'm sitting very close to to a lens so it has to be quite wide. Well, uh, but the the thing is that you can of course like partially undistort a photo now digitally and I'm I'm pretty sure that at least some smartphones are doing this on the selfie side of the of the phone. I did so, see because yeah. you tend to be close to your face and that distorts the proportions. And I, I, I think there is some some magic going on in some of the selfie cameras now. I, yeah, I think there probably there must be. And I did see a news article not long ago uh, about uh, um, uh, asking. There was a, a race, a journalistic piece about asking teenagers to edit selfies on their phones and and just exactly what kind of you know a, a images they came out with and and were there any similarities or trends in it and and, and often of course they they make their faces that the skin looking very smooth and plasticky and and uh, faces a lot thinner than they are in the real world they were doing before and after photos you see. um so yes um which is possibly a sad thing but there you go anyway so it's yeah that, that that I just thought that was an, an experience I wanted to share about getting my new passport, um, and I don't know if it means much for the future of photography, but you know if you can, it is well, a step well, let into me, the let future me, let me for think sure. About this, uh, you know, because no, nobody at any point checked 
my photograph, right? Nobody had to sign it to prove that it was me. So do you think they've got in the background, are they comparing it to my 10-year-old photo and and seeing, you know, and do they have an algorithm that ages my 10-year-old photo and then match it against the new one and see if they think there's a reasonable probability of it being me? You know, that that requirement of the photo being signed, we, we never had that here in Germany. You just brought a photo and that was it. And uh, they, the, the passport authority didn't care where this photo came from as long as it uh, matched the specifications. So, I yeah, I, I have no idea why you guys had to sign that. We never had mm. to. So, okay. they, they, they look at you, they look at the photo and say, yep, that's the same person. Done. So, good enough. Okay. Well, uh, I suppose yes. Yes. Ultimately, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> or, or maybe, like, or maybe, if I uploaded, if I uploaded the wrong passport photo or part a photo of somebody else, and then tried to use the passport. Or maybe the photo isn't as important anymore because uh, passports now tend to have uh, other like RFID biometric stuff saved in there, and that is probably yeah. There's uh, a lot of harder, harder to as well. harder to fake than than a photo. Yeah, there's a lot of background checks going on and traveling, at least in and out of the UK. There's a lot of back office, uh, yeah, background systems that forward passenger information and stuff like that. So anyway, so that was the one thing for today anyway, which is just a good story. Um, and then, then there was a thing I want to pick up on the news, which has happened just in the last couple of days. So I'm uh, just, just interested in, well, what our, our take on it. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about pricing of cameras. <laughs> Because I've observed, um, well, some some quite striking ranges in the pricing of cameras that have been recently launched. And we went through all of that full-frame mirrorless stuff uh, around about the Photokina time last year, didn't we? Yep. Um, And now we're starting to see, uh, you know, here we are at February 2019, uh, the second round of that. So everybody started to release the other models in their range. Um, And there's a couple of things I want to pick up because, you know, we've just seen... Uh, in the last day or two, a price release from Canon for a full-frame mirrorless camera at only $1,300. Yes, I've seen that. It's the Canon RP. Yeah, and then the yep. week before that, or maybe a bit more than a week before that, um, the new flagship Olympus, which is a micro four-thirds mirrorless camera, of course, with a price tag of $3,000. Hmm. And it right there in the middle, the new Panasonic full frame camera, particularly the, the cheaper one at $2,000 or just a, uh, depending on where you are, I think a bit over $2,000. And, I, and I, I'm looking at this going, well, hang on a minute. Normally cameras are all the same price, aren't they? Right. So you are can they read really? the spec sheet. Well, uh, apart from possibly for sensor size. Well, well, often I think that cameras with similar specs are are, are, are similarly priced, and maybe that's just you know, a, a, a poor observation. I mean, Canon's, Canon's offering is is very aggressive uh, in price, and um, you get quite a lot for that price, as as I see in the news release. I haven't really seen the camera yet; no one has, I guess, apart from Canon. Um, and it is a, quite a price drop from the R model, their first full-frame mirrorless camera. I think it's about $1,000 lower than that. Um, it also is a bit more limited in, in features. Um, they dropped the megapixels down to like 26 and 
It only does five frames per second. Only, oh, I think that <laughs> that's fairly quick still. It works um, for me. Yeah, yeah. The the 4K video shooting is very limited because it does a huge crop again, which uh, yeah. Well, that's a Canon thing, isn't it? it uh, yeah, but I hope they get rid of it. But then they added the fully articulated uh, display, so they can flip that forward, and uh, so it looks like that might be an interesting vlogger camera because uh, they also have their what's that dual pixel focus thing that now includes eye tracking so focus on the eyes as you would like it if you speak into the camera uh, <clears throat> not sure how good it is but uh it, i think i think well obviously they can make the camera for that price otherwise they would probably not sell it at the price um, but I also think that they 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 probably shrunk their margin a bit, and they want new photographers to get on board, and that seems to be a good a good uh, camera for the photographer who wants to go full frame and who wants to take a first step in that direction. So I mm. think that that's their goal at this point. It, it, so it, I'm I'm really intrigued by what this this is going to do to the market. I mean, yeah, we 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 see year on year the number of cameras sold falls every year, doesn't it? And I'm not just talking about the point and shoot market, which has been you know it regularly takes thirty forty percent drops every year, you know, but but also the the higher end stuff because these things are so mature now, um, and as a technology, you know, you buy a buy a buy a digital camera it's good quality right it doesn't matter whose brand you buy does it these days it doesn't you know uh, it, it's great to have so much choice you know and still be confident the quality's there but it's i, I i'm well, just curious as to what this is going to do to the because the, the other story i'd just like to add into this to com, you know to add to the complexity perhaps um is that uh, uh again just as as we um as we record this there's just been a press release from nikon about its new full-frame cameras, which through a firmware upgrade are going to be able to record 12-bit ProRes raw video. <laughs> now, e externally, rather than you know. Okay, uh, but they they are they are they are outputting that through through their HDMI port then, or uh, yeah, I, yes, pro, I, I assume so. Uh, they, it it can only be done with. Um, compatible external recorders i think well, the atomos ninjas or something like that but, which also support prores raw but but do you do you remember i don't know how long ago maybe five six seven years ago when canon actually started rising the raising the prices quite dramatically there was this time when when canon gear started to become more expensive and that kind of ended up having an effect on the entire field and everyone was raising their prices um maybe this is a first step into kind of getting back to normal well that would be good um, i would speaking, appreciate speaking that. who's speaking as somebody whose core currency fluctuates quite quickly at the moment <laughs> <It's true. laughs> um yeah that that uh yeah that that would be it would be useful but i just it, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I mean, the, I, I know this is this is linked to pricing as well because I mean that 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 yeah the the cheaper of the two Nikon cameras at this point the 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 Z or Z six depending on where you're from um, is it is a, again around that two thousand dollars or just over two thousand dollars mark I think um, 
Uh, and so, yeah, I can see that that's different from the $1,300 Canon. Um, but you know, but I, my, my, I'm just trying to figure out exactly how much 12-bit raw video, how much information really is that? I mean, it's not been that long that it's not it's not been that long that you you since we got the ability to shoot something like twelve bit raw still photography. Hmm. Um, yeah. So and and at this point, you know, most video cameras only put out eight bit. Some of the better ones put out ten bit. Twelve bit is it, it's enormous. It's huge. It's huge for videographers. Yes, especially yeah, especially yeah. if you if you shoot stuff like green screen, you want the 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 full color resolution and twelve bit. Uh, will help you there. So it is, it is, uh, I, I think, I have the feeling that we're seeing the beginning of a bit of a shift at this point, for sure. And they can, of course, produce those cameras cheaper than the DSLRs because they get rid of the, the entire mirror box, which is yeah, the mechanicals, quite, uh, quite, uh, quite expensive to make uh, the, the mechanics at that level. Yes, yeah. I mean, those precision mechanics... I think, you know, it, it's, have you seen it, the videos? Uh, there's like slow motion videos on YouTube of the mirror mirrors slapping up and down. And there's, I mean, that is super precise and uh, it's just amazing to watch. I, I have, I've seen slow motion things. Yes. You know, mirror movement and, and how the shutter works alongside the mirror movement and things like that. It is, it's quite astonishing, isn't it? Um, especially when you consider some of those DSLRs now can do that at, 14 frames a second <laughs> anyway yeah so i think this is a watch this is going to be a watching brief for me and in, in about a month's time i'm going to a, a thing called the photography show here in the uk which is like a a a mini a much more mini version of photo Keener. so it's it's a show <laughs> where there's lots of stuff going on i mean yeah it, it is way way smaller than photo Keener, but um it's going to be interesting to just see you know some of these things out in the wild uh and and to to pick them up and play with them a bit and and you know uh not not that i don't not that i've got any cards that i think uh, would go in a nikon that could shoot 12-bit raw video <laughs> i have to buy a whole new ssd to do that test well and the follow-up cost will of course mean you'll need a new computer that's fast enough to handle that and i, so I and would so. not be able to certainly certainly my uh five-year-old macbook pro will or my six or seven year old iMac <laughs> would not be able to to process those. Maybe my maybe my iPad could process it as long as it um, as long as it was a, a codec that uh, iOS can understand. Um, I'm still I, I I remain thoroughly impressed about how the hardware and the software work together in in the iOS world um, uh, to give you capability beyond what you can get in so called real computers. <laughs> <laughs> We have to redefine what is real and what isn't. Oh yeah, also, my iPad is definitely a computer. So also, in, also in photography, and I think that brings us to the end to episode sixty-six of the Future of Photography. We'll be back next week. Until uh, then, keep posting your photos on Instagram, on Twitter, and so on. Photos where you used processing, where you used. Um, what your what your smartphone can do with its apps the tag for that is tfop now t-f-o-p-n-o-w and we're looking forward to seeing that from you yes thank you and until next week bye you've 
been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.